Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carry Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and I really hope this podcast finds you well. Whether you have listened to every single episode of the Sleep Show, I can't believe there are 35 episodes now, um, and you're a seasoned Sleep Show stalker, or you're picking up this podcast for the first time, um, big welcome. And as always, my intention and aim behind every single podcast I put out there is that it's reassuring, it's useful, it's informative, but I also want to make sure that I am sharing really straightforward and simple sleep suggestions that you could put in place if they resonate for you at home and and supporting you to a more settled night's sleep and supporting you to make changes to your small sleep with care. So this is episode 36, changing bedtime boundaries is a biggie. So in this episode, I am going to share six sleep suggestions to how to change your bedtime boundaries with care um, or how your small falls to sleep. And I'm also, I um, I love answering your questions. So um, before this episode, I put out on Instagram and Facebook, um, what, what did you want to know about bedtime boundaries? And actually, I got a lot of questions back. Um, but there was a main theme. So I think I've got four or five questions. So I'm going to go through the six, my six sleep suggestions for you. And then I'm going to answer your questions at the end. But before we do that, I just want to start off with some reassurance for you because I am here for reassurance and I am always going to reassure you first. So your bedtime boundary is simply how your small falls asleep at naps and bedtime. And quite often, bedtime boundaries are called other things. Um, the most common ones I've heard over the years are sleep props, crutches, negative sleep associations. There's often something quite negative about um, about them. And if you've been following me for a while, you might know this already, but it drives me a bit bonkers, actually a lot bonkers. And this is because you are never, ever a negative sleep association. And there's absolutely nothing negative about your small needing you to fall asleep. Um, Feeding to sleep is feeding to sleep. Rocking to sleep is rocking to sleep. Cuddling to sleep is cuddling to sleep. They're natural. They're normal. And I think it's really important to change the conversation around these and and try and normalise them. Let's not turn them into something they are not. They are not negative. And on my approach, I do try to keep things really super simple. I do know I like to waffle on and overshare, but I do. Uh, I really do try and keep it simple. My approach is, it's about finding works. F- it is about finding what works for you, and doing that. There is no right or wrong on my approach. Even if it isn't working, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Just not. It might not be the right or the best thing for you. I 100% don't believe there are no negative sleep associations and no bad bed habits on my approach. And I am always going to go to that first. I'm never going to suggest to make changes or push that you need to get your little one to self-settle or self-soothe. Always reassure you first. Natural, normal. um, And if it's working for you, you don't need to stop. So if feeding, rocking, cuddling, holding sleep, supporting your small to sleep 
is working for you you know you're small and they're sleep you enjoy it you don't want to change it a hundred percent you do not need to change anything unless you want to and i think it's really important to note that falling asleep independently isn't a milestone or mandatory um and before they are before they even become independent um before they become independent being dependent is all part of that learning process and i know this isn't always easy because falling asleep independently is often banded about as the key the absolute key if you get your small to self-settle self-soothe at bedtime you're gonna have a settled night's sleep it's the key to stitch all their sleep cycles together it's the key to everything but <laughs> like most things on my approach it really depends on the baby and again i'm always going to go to reassurance first and share this and normalize it falling asleep independently isn't always a given or guaranteed to a settled night's sleep there i said it and that can often be a little bit of a shock. Falling asleep independently has got nothing to do with self-soothing or self-settling anyway. That's a whole other episode. Um, and I'm gonna, again, I'm always very honest up front. For some smalls, we do work on bedtime boundaries and how they go to sleep can have a real impact on them sleeping at night time or getting them to stitch their sleep cycles together. But it is definitely not a one-size-fits-all answer. And again, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I am a massive believer in that one-size-anything sucks. Um, and I think it's really important for you to know that some smalls do put themselves to sleep and wake up at night time. I see them in practice all the time and it can be really baffling because they're like, Kerry, they're putting themselves to sleep independently. They're awake, they're going to their cot or their bed. I leave the room, I hear them mooch around and they go to sleep. Why are they waking at night time? And some smalls don't put themselves to sleep and are sleeping at their best. They're either sleeping through the night or they are waking up the feeds they genuinely need. And I see this honestly, hand on heart, I see this all the time in my practice. Babies that are breastfed to sleep, fed to sleep, rock to sleep, cuddle to sleep, fall asleep in another room and they go into their bed um, and they're either sleeping through or sleeping through the night. So for me, it will always, always depend on what's going on for your small. And it's really important to look at everything going on and everything's linked for them. So looking everything that's going around that um, and not just focus down on this you've got to get them to self-settle or self-soothe the fall asleep independently i really love the for some rule but not everyone um so for some babies looking at the bedtime boundaries is is the key to getting to a settled night's sleep it isn't until they are um not feeding to sleep or not um being rocked or they're falling asleep independently in their cot the night settle but it's definitely not the case for many and it's always the last thing i look at bedtime boundaries changing bedtime boundaries it is a biggie <laughs> definitely and it is the last thing i look at for two for two real big reasons really one is that it's not that one size fits all guarantee or given to a settled night's sleep two in fact there's three reasons so one it's not a guarantee or given to a settled night's sleep two it really doesn't need to change unless you want it to i'm never ever going to tell you to change something that you enjoy that you you just don't want to stop but lastly if we do look at bedtime boundaries we do it last so we've got everything else in place first before we change it and nine times out of ten that helps with um the settled night sleep and if it doesn't you're in a really you're in a good place to actually start making those changes for you um, and it's really important making bedtime boundary changes even with care is a biggie not only for your small but for you too um, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that 
quite often parenting is a conflicting uh, a constant conflicting emotions you might want to um get a little bit more independence yourself you might not want to um rock you know do bedtime every night you might want to make these changes so someone else can do bedtime for whatever reason parents never have to explain themselves to me um but at the same time if you're not doing it you miss them you want to go and look at them you want to go and give them a sniff it's all completely normal so making changing bedtime making changes to how your small falls asleep or their bedtime boundaries it can be done with care um this is not control crying crying out and again i'm very honest up front i'm not anti those things it's just not my approach but it is a biggie for your small and for you too and it definitely does take time so here's six sleep suggestions to help you make big bedtime boundary changes number one break the big changes down into smaller steps one of the biggest things i'm always sharing with you is to let go of expectations and this is so true when we're talking about bedtime boundaries you don't have to do it all in one go it feels overwhelming um for some again i'm always very honest for some babies bedtime boundary it's a balance because as i've mentioned before for some babies you are able to rock bounce feed um jiggle them to sleep put them to sleep in another room put them in their cot they'll sleep through where for some we do need to be mindful what's happening at bedtime boundary because it can impact the stitching of the sleep cycles but and if that if we've got to that point where for some um smalls in practice we have got to the point where in order for the nights to settle we needed to get to the point where they were going to, uh, um the smalls were going to sleep awake in their bed or cot and the parents were out of the room so going from where you are now feeding rocking supporting them to sleep whatever you are doing at bedtime to perhaps going out of the room um can feel massive like it just feels i wish we were face to face and i could see your face it's it feels massive it's like running a marathon without any training um so my suggestion would be to always break down these changes into smaller steps and remind yourself that you don't have to do it all in one go and the reason why i break it down into more manageable steps probably for a good couple of reasons one is for some it's because that bedtime boundary is a balance so on one end you've got feeding supporting rocking doing something to get them to sleep but on the other end of the scale you've got getting out of the room for some some of your smalls it will be enough just to move away from feeding from going to feeding to sleep to holding in your arms for some it will be enough to go from um holding in your arms rocking like rocking in your arms to standing still for some babies and smalls it will be enough to go just going into their cot um a little bit awake for some it will be enough that they are going to sleep in their cot or their bed with the parents in the room and for some it's not until we get out of the room at bedtime that the nights settle so there's a range there and it always depends on your baby so and i'm always about i hope this is making sense but i'm always the path of least resistance so we don't need to go gung-ho and get you out of the room if that isn't um if your baby um or you're small sleep is going to settle if we just make one tiny change so the number one reason why i break it down into smaller chunks or smaller steps is um 
it just makes it so much easier on everybody don't do anything more than you have to do make it easy for yourself because for chances are you might not have to get out out of the room and also the other reason why this is breaking it down into more manageable changes it's this is what makes it more manageable and sustainable because it feels achievable if i said to you for example i would never say this by the way if i said to you tonight right you're going to put your small in their cot leave the room and they're going to put themselves to sleep chances are you would be laughing in my face and rolling your eyes at me going that's just not going to happen you can't imagine it happen you can't see it happening so chances are it isn't going to happen um but if i said just make one tiny change where we're just going to rock a little bit less or move the breastfeed or the bottle feed up the routine a little bit it can make a really really big difference um and doing this as well it does take a little bit longer and come on i'm going to come on to time in a minute but doing this this is what tends to make it um less tears as well and as you probably know i'm all here for that this is care it out not cry it out so changing breaking down the big changes into smaller steps i think to summarize take off that pressure and the expectation that you are going to do it all in one go that you're just going to pop your small in their cart take away the support what they need to actually fall asleep and get out of the room break it down into smaller steps um and again sometimes it's enough to just go from feed instead of feeding to sleep to go to rocking instead of going from rocking all the way to sleep you could just hold them in your arms um if they fall asleep in your arms you could try getting them down into the cot a little bit earlier and i'm these it sounds so crazy but these really small changes can make a big difference to how your small sleeps at night time number two is overtiredness is completely normal but it's usually only temporary so i'm going to be honest with you if we've got to the point where we're working on changing how your small goes to sleep and we're making big bed big bedtime boundary changes it's so very unlikely we're going to be able to do that without your small getting overtired overtiredness is all part of the process of making changes of how they go to sleep and this is for two main reasons number one is that um, we are doing even if it's really small we're doing something different so it's normal that they're going to take a much longer time to get to sleep but also um, it is um, it does push everything a little bit later we'll because that's just the nature of making those changes um if we start if we start making a change change is strange um they are going to take um a longer to settle to sleep and it is going to take you more time as well to get them to sleep it's all normal i actually think now i've said that aloud they're probably both the same thing um but yeah it is completely overtiredness is all part of changing the bedtime boundary i don't think i've ever worked with um parent in practice where their small didn't get a little bit overtired sometimes a lot overtired when we're making those changes um which again which is why i always make sure that this is the the best sensible step to do that actually it is the bedtime boundary that's the causing unsettled night sleep and it's completely normal that you're going to worry about it telling a parent not to worry is like telling me not to eat cake it is not going to happen um so it's completely normal to worry that they're going to get overtired they are going to it's going to have an impact on the night sometimes it does but again it's only temporary um 
and yeah it just to just want to reassure you that it's all part of the process I've never managed to find a way of changing a bedtime boundary with not getting them just a little bit overtired um that's just part of it and sometimes it can feel like we are going sideways a little bit because we work first on making them not overtired before we get to that point but the reason why I do that is because I'm always getting you in the best position to make changes. So to sum to summarize um, this, overtiredness is all normal. It's all part of the process about changing the bedtime boundary. We're making a change. Change is strange, and they're going to take much longer to get to sleep. Um, I'm going to come on to time in a minute. It's all completely normal. We are asking them to do more of the work themselves, but the overtiredness is usually only temporary and that time comes down very quickly, um, but it is normal for you to worry about it. And number three is that changes take time. It's going to take much, much longer than you think it will. And I know I bleat on about time all the time, but it's so, so important. Again, my whole approach it's about breaking down the steps and the trade-off of taking a little bit more time is that we minimize the tears which that's again I don't like assumption that's often the mother of all muck-ups but I'm assuming that is why probably most parents most of you actually resonate with my approach because that's just something that doesn't feel right for you so again it's about letting go of that expectation I would always encourage you to let go of the expectation that we you're going to make your one small step um you're going to make that one whenever you next do it you're going to make that one small step and your small is going to fall asleep in exactly the same time as they normally would um and there's going to be no adjustment this is care it out not cry it out so there's no leaving them to cry crying it out but it's not i'm always very honest it's not a magic unicorn approach and making changes it works because you put the work in but it does take time and the reason why it takes time two big reasons one is again change is strange so whenever we do something different they're like whoa what's going on um and it can feel a little bit clumsy a little bit just a little bit bumpy and then that means that they're going to take longer to settle to sleep and then the other thing is that um we're asking them to do a little bit more work of putting themselves to sleep sometimes a lot and that can definitely take time and i've got this thing called amazon prime patience where we do, i do it i honestly do this myself i do something once and i'm just expect it to work first time really quickly but that very rarely works on my approach again sometimes it does but for many those changes at bed, changing bedtime boundary takes time. Um, you're probably looking on the night, the first night ballpark is probably around an hour, an hour and 15, which will feel like an eternity to you when you're making changes. And depending on um, how many changes we're making, how big the changes we're making, you're probably looking between two to four weeks to make some really big changes. But again, it always depends on the baby, how they adapt to change. Most are very um, are often very adaptable and, very, and will surprise us. But again, everybody's tolerance for change is very different. And sometimes um, in practice, I'll work with the family and they're doing exactly what I would have suggested already. Um, but it's just about, it's that consistency and just giving, surrendering to it that it's going to take time and 
some it is it's so hard making changes so so hard making changes but committing to that time that is what moves a lot of families forward um and and before i go on to the next one i just want to reassure you that ballpark some will do it much sooner than that some might take a little bit longer two things that time is only temporary and it is likely to come down very quickly the more practice and patience they get at doing 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 it makes a big difference but also um it's just that familiarity as well the more they do it the easier everybody's going to find it um and it gets quicker and quicker quicker each night and then the other thing is you are always in charge and in control on my approach and i don't want you to yes it takes time there's often a period of adjustment where they're awake it might not feel easy they're not you know it's not a totally tear-free approach um but it feels comfortable to you but if any point your small is hot and sweaty you're hot and sweaty just park it my whole approach is all about if something is working for you brilliant we don't need to change it if it isn't working for you we can try other things give other things a go and if that doesn't work we simply go back to what we were doing before your bed baseline i think that's really important for where am i i think this is the fourth thing yeah for number four is giving them what they need isn't giving in this is all part of the process and again it comes back to expectation i would never ever expect a your small or ask you to take away that rocking the breastfeed at bedtime the cuddle the eye contact if they needed it because it's all part of the process if your small for example your small needs rocking to sleep and we stop rocking and in the beginning we say right we're going to go completely gung-ho there's going to be no more rocking i'm not going to rock tonight at bedtime that is what your small needs to get to sleep the rocking and without it they are going to find it it's what they need to get to sleep but also that's what they that's what's familiar to them and any deviation from that again they're like whoa what's going on so it can feel really really counterproductive this um but this is at the very heart of my approach really the core of care it out is that it's all part of the process it's not about taking away that rocking that feed the the cuddling the support straight away you can it's part of the process it's always okay to give them what they need and it isn't giving in um it can be it can feel so counterproductive doesn't it because we're trying to get them to get to sleep without it but this is it care it out it's the opposite of control crying it's about giving them what they need so they feel safe and settled but stopping just before they fall all the way to sleep or get them into their cot just before they fall asleep and that can make a really big difference so please 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 never ever be afraid to give them that support or feel that you need to pull that support away from bedtime all in one go um i always keep that in um and i think that is a really good example with the rocking um if you are trying for example you're trying to get your baby or your small into their cot um and they get to the point where they're crying we either leave the two choices there are either we leave them in their cot to cry they just get more and more upset dysregulated and then they're unable to calm themselves down or self-regulate or we pick them up rock them get them calm again try again and my approach is always that um two things here is that they're not going to fall asleep once they're dysregulated they're just getting further and further away from sleep so it's always okay to keep that support in even if it feels a little bit counterproductive 
Number five is, what is number five? Yes, start with bedtime if you can. Now, this isn't going to be possible if you are only changing how they go down for naps. My suggestion would be to start with the first nap of the day. And there's two reasons for this. One is that that first nap of the day, it's not always, but it's usually a lot smoother and a lot easier to make changes at that one for. But also, again, it comes back to expectation. If I said, right, every nap, you're going to stop rocking or they're going to fall asleep in their car. You just feel the whole day, like it feels so overwhelming before you've got started. So the key to making big changes with care is to really step it down, take the path of least resistance and do each little bit at a time. And then if that does take, well, actually it is going to take longer, changing um, how they fall asleep for naps does take quite a bit of time. Um, You've always got that, the next nap as backup, you can give them 15 20 minutes more to sleep in the afternoon and you're not going to be constantly worrying that they're going to get overtired so really step it down and then if you are making changes at bedtime and naps or you're just doing bedtime (laughs) i would just start with bedtime and the reason why i suggest doing this again it's twofold one at bedtime we've got the sleep hormone melatonin on our side and you know at some point that they're going to go to sleep so those two things definitely help But also, it's not as simple as I wish it were that simple that you do something at bedtime and then you can take it into naps. But if you are um, do something at bedtime, it's more likely to work because of those two things. Your small gets confident with it. You get confident with it. And then once you've started doing that and that feels a little bit more familiar, you're doing it consistently and comfortably, then you can take it to naps. If we are changing naps and bedtime at the first time for um, together, which happens a lot in practice, that is generally speaking how I would suggest we do it. If we do it the other way around, what tends to happen is they get it's going to take much longer because now we know that big changes take time to avoid the tears they everything gets pushed later and then by the time they get to bedtime nobody nobody not you you're small wants to start making those changes so generally speaking i would start with bedtime first um for all of those reasons melatonin you know they're going to go to sleep at some point and um once you've done that then you can move it into naps and again it just comes back to path of least resistance for me for everything and then this is the last one um number six is make changes when you can i'll be honest with you there's never the right or best time to make changes um there's always something it for lots of families it feels some are really excited (laughs) once they've got a plan and but for some it can feel um a little bit worrying a little bit um bit anxious about it so there will always be something change is strange huh um but my suggestion would be to try to avoid doing it when you've got lots going on like if you've got a busy week at work um i'm trying to think of some examples you've got a busy week at work you've got a lot going on with your family holidays um all of those things with life logistics i would try to find a week um in your diary where make things is always take the path of least resistance try to scale the diary back if you can it's i know it's not always possible but try and scale the diary back try and get your um freezer stocked with some meals before um 
beforehand see again sounds so basic but once you've um making change at bedtime boundary probably don't want to go down and cook just make life so much easier for yourself and for that for that week to week or two weeks that you're making those changes that you can just be fully present rest after be available to your small be available to yourself when you're making changes um it can make a really big difference I really hope you found those six sleep suggestions useful. So I'm going to break them down again. One is to break the big changes down into uh, smaller steps. Two is overtiredness is completely normal. It is all part of the process. Number three, changes take time, much more time than you think it will. Number five, I've lost count. No, number four, (laughs) number four or five, giving them what they need isn't giving in. Number five, um try to do bedtime first if you can and then number six is make changes when you can try not to do too much when you're making those changes what i'm going to do now i really hope you found that useful and there's something in there that you can use now i'm just going to go through i've got four questions um as i said before earlier i asked you some questions because it it's all about you here and I got loads back but there was four real um common ones and I'm going to go through these for you now so number one what can I do if they keep standing and cock cruising but get overtired and teary (coughs) well excuse me so this is completely normal it's completely normal that once your small has got the skill of standing and cock cruising that they want to do it gone are the days where you just put your baby down and they'll stay they don't move and they're going to drift off to sleep so again reassurance first standing cock cruising is all part of the process and it's again one of the biggest things that i share with parents is it's not our role to get them to sleep i'm going to say that again it isn't our role to get them to sleep our role is to or your role because you're doing it is to give them the time to do it because time is is so important on my approach but we also support them we can't coax we can't control we can't cajole them to sleep it's always those things and i know your small might not be giving you this impression but they do know how to fall asleep it's just sometimes it's such a new thing um it takes practice and patience i just wanted to reassure you standing cock cruising is all part of it um but for some they do get really overtired which again i've gone through that's all part of the process and then they start crying and once they start crying they get dysregulated it's very difficult to calm them down so there's two things here that could really help one is I would bring your bedtime start your bedtime routine and settling them to sleep just 10-15 minutes earlier can make a big difference this happens all the time in practice and that would always be my go-to sleep suggestion is if they get to the point where they're standing they're really teary and overtired just bring everything 10-15 minutes earlier um, and that can help massively as well and the other thing is is if they are um getting to the point where they're overtired and teary we might need to give them a little bit more support to help them on their way and this is always okay on my approach um and to do this generally speaking if they are standing and cock cruising but emotionally easy so there's no crying they're they're quite happy my suggestion would be to give them the practice and patience. As long as they're safe, give them that practice and patience to fall asleep. It's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. <laughs> In order for them to practice how to get to sleep, they've got to learn how to do it, but it can be very frustrating. However, if they are getting um, really teary and overtired and they're standing up, um, my suggestion would be as soon as they start 
um, standing up and getting a bit teary would be to have a big kiss and cuddle, pick them up, even if they need picking up, pick them up out of the cart, get them calm again, put them back down. And I try to avoid getting into that situation so that we're not getting in that jack in the bed um, situation. But sometimes actually putting them down, like showing them how to do it and getting them on their way, like um, laying them down before they get to that point, holding hands, that can often move you forward as well. But hopefully that will give you some um, suggestions to start with. What can I do if they wake when transferred and they start crying? Again, reassurance first. This is completely, completely normal. Um, When your small falls asleep on you, we transfer them down. Um, They can't assume that it's you putting them down. It comes back to safety. So for many, one, it's a safety instinct, but also they're disturbed. I think I would get pretty peed off. Well, actually, I'd also be amazed if I fell asleep at my desk and then my husband picked me up and then put me down. We don't like being disturbed when we're asleep. Well, there's very few people that like that. Um, so again, it is completely normal. Um, my suggestion would be to... Um, actually, I think there's three things I would suggest. One, I'd bring bedtime very slightly earlier. Again, I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't overcompensate. But just five or ten minutes can make a can sometimes make a big difference. Sometimes the more overtired they are, the more they resist that transfer. The other thing is you could try and put sounds bonkers, but you could try and put your small down feet first. Quite often, when there's a I don't call it the tricky transfer for nothing, but quite often it's a bit of a bed bomb trying to get them down. And what we tend to do is put the head down first, because that's the precious cargo, and then the feet. But switching it around, putting their feet down first, kind of doing it sideways and then laying their head down, sometimes that overrides the reflex to wake up and cry. Um, and that can help as well. And sometimes when you transfer them down, putting them um, with uh, your hand on them, keeping that contact, that can help as well. And then if it that doesn't work, I'm, again, I'm always very honest me, for some smalls with the best will in the world, they will always cry every time you transfer them down they just don't like it um and again every baby's completely different so if that happens if that does keep happening and we're just going around in that cycle like i'm all for making changes with care as long as we're moving forward but if we get sleep stuck we get a little bit stuck in that cycle then there's um chances are there's a little change we can make so actually try and putting your baby or your small down just before they fall asleep can really help um can really help that with the crying on transfer and if that really doesn't work then i'd probably suggest um instead of holding to sleep or feeding sleep and then putting them down and just going around in this cycle it can feel really super scary my suggestion would be to go gung-ho and take the time to support them to fall asleep um in their cot or their bed rather than on you first so again quite a few things there that can make a big difference uh number three what can i do if they get upset the moment they get into their cot um upset is a very subjective word isn't it um in fact most things small and sleep related are very subjective and again i'm always very honest this is care it out so it's not control crying leaving them to cry but i'm always very honest it's not always totally tear free um or noise free and it can be hard work even making changes very gently taking time it can be hard work so it is normal when we're changing something 
it change is strange i keep saying that but change is strange they're not daft they notice and they're allowed to go ooh, and get a little bit angry a little bit peed off that we're making a change so sometimes again i wouldn't want you to do anything that you didn't feel comfortable but sometimes giving them that practice to fall asleep in their cot like putting them down staying with them reassuring them just for a moment give them a little bit of practice and patience before doing something that can um, make a big difference I mean if they're going into their car and every time they go in there they are completely losing their shiz um, then I might be looking at other options but if they're just a little bit you know those kind of noises and you feel comfortable my suggestion would be eye contact say a little sleepy sentence make physical contact and even if it's just for a for a couple of seconds just see whether um that helps before supporting them and repeating that sometimes that's the key to moving forward too and if they do go absolutely bash batches every time you get them into their cot and you transfer them again for some families they're dead set like this is what this needs to happen and this is what i want to do then they might choose to really stick with it and put that boundary in but my suggestion would be to um two things one again try and bring bedtime a little bit earlier five ten minutes can make the world of difference and the other thing is is if they do get upset going into the cot it might be time to um, consider a floor bed floor beds aren't for every single family they're not for everybody but they can sometimes be a really nice compromise because for the your small it just does away with that um that transfer that um, going from you cozy warmth into the cart you don't have to transfer them because you can lay them down um, and you can get up close to them and support them off to sleep that way um, but you can all, and that helps with the tricky transfer and the tearing and the shenanigans when that goes on but also you'll be able to ninja roll away as well once they're down so that can be quite a nice compromise but hopefully there's some bits in there that can help and then what age is too late to change their bedtime boundary honestly i don't think it's ever too late i work all the way up to aged eight um very rare just to reassure you it's very rare that i would get um aged five plus but i do work all the way up, age up to eight and i don't think making changes is correlated to how old they are um i've had babies really young babies six seven months where we're making um bedtime boundary changes and they found it easy they found it hard i've had four-year-olds um where we're making really big bedtime boundary changes and some have found it easy some have found it hard so i honestly don't think it's ever too late to change their bedtime boundary if you want to and i don't think it's any easier or harder on um on their age to be honest um yeah i think that is it well i hope you found that really useful um if you did please let me know and if you are looking for any support on changing your bedtime boundaries you want to move away from rocking feeding and supporting your small to sleep in and you're happy to take time and you're looking for some really gentle strategies to help you step it down give them the time and move away from um, feeding rocking or bouncing to sleep my bedtime boundary e-course is a really lovely place to start that it's a series of videos it covers all bedtime boundaries and it really goes through it steps down how to make those changes it helps you come up with a plan that's going to be a fit for your family if it isn't working for you and if you are enjoying cuddling rocking feeding supporting your small to sleep 
carry on. There is nothing better than small snuggles, small sleepy snuggles. See you next time. Sending you big big love, big love and sleep solidarity. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carry Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring, informative, but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback, or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks' time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Care Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.